I struggled with for years. Like I was a yes girl and you still have to fight against that side of you. That's going to be the yes girl or like, I got to do this for other people. But especially when you're pregnant, you're going to start noticing how you feel like, okay, I don't like when they make that comment. I don't like when they invite themselves over or. Welcome to the birth experience podcast. I'm Trish Ware, a long time labor and delivery RN turned online birth educator slash virtual doula. I've had the amazing privilege of delivering many, many babies in my 16 plus year career as a labor and delivery nurse. And as a mom of seven, I'm here to help you take the guesswork out of childbirth so you can make the choices that are right for you and your baby and write the birth story of your dreams. So hit subscribe and let's replace your anxiety and fear with complete confidence. Quick note, this podcast is for educational purposes only and does not replace your medical advice from your provider. Check out our full disclaimer at the bottom of the show notes. I am so happy to have you on my podcast today, especially since I got to do your podcast prior. So this is kind of cool and a new adventure. I would love for you just to tell my audience who you are, what you do, just tell about you. Sure. My name's Krista. I'm the director of brand marketing for Mommy Knows Best. And we are a brand that empowers, supports, helps moms and a lot, mostly their postpartum phase with breastfeeding, but so much more beyond that, just having a community of moms. And yeah, we do some like motivational stuff. We do some community growth and that's where I spend a lot of my time. I also have a show, like you mentioned, called Mom Talks with Krista. And on there we have experts on talking about what they do in in either pregnancy, labor and delivery, postpartum. And then we have everyday moms on there sharing their stories, being vulnerable, and then just kind of boosting that community even more. One of the questions that I thought of when you were talking is, what do you think was the most emotional episode that you've done or the one that really just hit you in such a hard way that you couldn't shake it? Oh, wow. There was, there's a few that jump into my mind, but one, we had Dr. Asherina Reem come on from Psyched Mommy, and she talked about her birth with her last son, how it was very traumatic. It was very hard. And she just kind of, she walked through everything that happened and it was just so real and raw, her emotions. um, And it kind of brought her back to that place of everything that happened. And that was one that was, I mean, still in my mind, it was just such a, I really commend her for coming on and talking about it. She'd gone through a lot of miscarriages before. And so this was just a very hard birth. And another one that I thought was really powerful and emotional was I had a doula come on and she talked about her hopes for why she became a doula and how she wants to help women. And just like the way she spoke about her passion, it just brought tears to my eyes because she wasn't in it for fame, the money, or, you know, what you hear a lot of days, she just really believed in helping women through hearing other people's birth stories and being, you know, either very traumatic or not being happy by how it went. And she 
just wanted to empower women. I just thought it was really cool. I love that. And I love because obviously I'm in the birth industry, both from being a birth professional and then also a birth educator online. And it, it's, it is those traumatic births. It's those, I, I tell everyone the birth of my birth classes mm-hmm. came from one specific message that I got on Instagram. And not only did it make me sick and make me cry, but it made me, it forced me to walk back through my entire career as a labor nurse and acknowledge the ways in which I harmed women. Mm. Because we were taught, a very, I mean, I've been a labor and delivery nurse for a very long time. And we were taught a very specific way to approach our patients. Mm. And it wasn't right. A lot of it is not right. And this particular DM that I got, the mom was pushing and taking longer than they wanted her to. Mm. I'm not sure if the baby was having decelerations. I don't think so just by um, taking apart what she said to me. Because a lot of times what I've found is they don't even really know what happened to them because no one Mm. communicated. Yeah, And so she's pushing, she's not pushing well enough. The nurse is yelling at her. The doctor is yelling at her and they tell her if she doesn't start pushing right, that they're going to put a vacuum on the baby. And so they lay a vacuum next to her head to remind her (gasps) to push better. Oh my. And I got physically ill and I cried the rest of that day. And it was because of that DM and and then and a lot more that followed that I was like, I have to do more. Like women need to know they have rights. And the the most ironic part of that whole story is I didn't even have to ask her, but I guarantee they had her on her back with her feet, like her legs in lithotomy, mm-hmm. which is not conducive to good pushing. So instead of putting her into a physically appropriate pushing position, mm-hmm. they threatened her. And that is threat. Yeah. Like and and that's the, the same way. Like it it's the trauma. And I love that 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 doula. I I just hired a tool a doula on Labor Nurse Mama team. And I'm so excited to have her because there's this thought that doulas and labor nurses are against each other. And that needs to change as well, because we're all for mom. We're all for the mama and for the best birth experience. And a lot of my fellow birth professionals are just doing what they've been told to do. And they haven't stopped and thought about some of the casual ways that we abuse our patients. And and I just, oh, it just frustrates me. But that's a whole nother yeah. episode, a whole nother episode. But it really does lead into some of the things we're talking about today, because we're going to be talking about boundaries. We're going to be talking about saying no. Saying yes is also a powerful way to set boundaries, because you have to learn when you say yes. One of the first things I want to ask is I ask all of my guests, I say I ask all my guests, I've only been doing this for a short while, but we have recorded a lot of episodes. But one of the things that, you know, our whole thing, it's called the birth experience with labor nurse mama. So I wanted to ask you to tell us your story of how you found yourself working with women in the pregnancy-related field and working with mamas and delving into birth experiences in such an intimate way that you do? Yeah. Wow. I, 
it's such a loaded question because I've learned so much that I didn't even know was out there, to be honest with you. I've been at Mommy Knows Best for almost four years now. And just the stories I hear, the community I see, it's also empowering. And I think that's that's the coolest thing is like, I always knew women were amazing, but when you hear all these birth stories and, you know, empowering stories of things that women have done, it's just like, wow, this is really cool. So it's amazing to be able to come to work every day, be involved in that, to be able to help women share their stories. I think I kind of see myself as like, not the storyteller, but kind of giving other women a platform for their stories. And like, for example, our Facebook group, I've heard from multiple women that said, when I found your group, I was going through horrible postpartum depression, but because of your group, I can see the other side, or I've made it through that dark time. Even my moderators, I have just seen with such such transformation because they've, you know, been able to feel empowered in their own stories and being able to, you know, see that, you know, everyone parents differently, but they have something that they can offer as well. So yeah, it's just, it's such a cool thing. I feel so empowered and I feel so, I don't know, like blessed just to be a part of like amazing community of moms. Yeah, that I I feel the same way. And I think especially right now with COVID, online communities have been everything. Yes. I know as you know, I, I, my oldest is 31, my youngest is seven. So I've been a mom mm-hmm. a long time. <laughs> and I was telling my girls because we have a new call mama society membership for moms. It's like a little village, like you said, for moms. And part of my vision in that is because when I was a young mom, I would go to story hour at the library. Well, who can do that nowadays? Because you're taking risks nowadays, Mm -hmm. you know? So when, but what I was telling my girls the other night is that when I went to story hour, here I was this young mom with tattoos, wearing my Doc Martens. I had moved from Tampa to Chattanooga. Chattanooga was very small, little college town. And I walk into story hour and all of these women are in clothes that they had sewn and they've all got like five or six kids, which I was like, wait, what? Because I only had two at the time and or three. And I was like, seven kids, which now I do have seven. But <laughs> I was so opposite of them. But because of that community, it brought women together who would have never been like in real life. You know, like if I had just been looking for friends, that group of women would not have been my first choice because I would have used what I had always known to pick those women out. But we were brought together because of our children and they were life-changing for me. The advice they gave me, the ways in which they molded me as a mother and a woman was unbelievable. And our mamas right now, they don't have that. They have to have communities like your Facebook group, like Calm Mama Society, like the groups on Instagram. I mean, my girls that follow me on Instagram, they have relationships with me and my team members that you know, prior to COVID, we would have been like, well, that's kind of weird. Like, let's have a real community. But that's what we have now. Yeah, definitely. It it became so prevalent for us, this need for community when there was the shutdown starting, you know, two years ago, because our our Facebook group online doubled at that time. I think so many moms were yearning for that connection. And we're feeling so alone that we were just really encouraging, like, 
join some kind of online community, you know, find what fits for you. There's so many, obviously, but find one that fits you and make that connection because it can feel lonely out there. And especially, you know, as a new mom, when you can't go anywhere, I mean, that's like times a hundred. So to be able to go online, that's, that's the blessing of, you know, being able to go on Facebook and have that social media for sure. Yeah, I agree. And, and we just need each other. That's the simple fact of it. We need each other and we need community and our babies need us to have that so that we can do what we're about to talk about. Yes. I have learned a lot in the last few years about setting boundaries. It's It used to not be my strong suit and I still struggle at times, but I wanted you to talk about ways in which a, let's maybe talk about pregnant moms and new moms to start with, how they can set boundaries uh, around some of the key decisions that they make uh, together with their partner, or even I have a lot of single moms that hang out with me. So Mm -hmm. what would you say some are really important things that they can start thinking about so that they can decide what boundaries they want? Yeah, I actually get questions like this a lot, you know, in our Facebook group about boundaries. And my first thing is paying attention to how people make you feel because that was something like I struggled with for years. Like I was a yes girl and you still have to fight against that side of you that's going to be the yes girl or like I got to do this for other people. But especially when you're pregnant, you're going to start noticing how you feel like okay, I don't like when they make that comment. I don't like when they invite themselves over or you're going to start noticing these things. And I think now is the time to, to communicate how you feel about what's going on. I We get a lot of questions about, you know, in-laws are just showing up at the house and I don't really feel comfortable about that. So how do I do that? So the main thing I always say is try communication first, be upfront with them about what is going to work for you because I think when we don't communicate and we just assume they know that's when problems start to happen or we start to fester and we start to hold on to anger like oh why are they still doing it but if we never told them they might not know and then which someone actually just asked me about this earlier today so it's kind of fresh but and then if boundaries are not respected, once you set that line, then you need to limit your time with certain people. And that that can be hard, especially if it's a family member or if it's, you know, if you're a recovering people pleaser like myself, you know, it's, it's hard. But if you have to set that precedence where if a line is crossed or they're not respecting your space or what you wish for yourself and your baby, then you have to kind of limit that time. And and think about you and your future self. Think about what's going to make you the most at ease. You don't want to be super stressed, especially when you're pregnant. So yeah, really asking yourself what makes sense? What can we do right now? And kind of set that line. I love that. And as you were talking, I was thinking, because like I said, I've been a mom for a long time. And one of my struggles was because I became a mom young, one of my struggles was my family, because my family and I see things a lot differently in certain ways. And I've always been that nurse at heart, very cautious of germs and cleanliness. (laughs) My family is just very laid back. They drink each other's drinks. They eat each other's food. I am just not that girl. Mm -hmm. And I remember 
allowing their comments about my decisions that I made for my children to make me feel bad or less Mm -hmm. than. And it took me a long time to realize it's okay if they want to kiss each other's babies on the mouth, but they ain't kissing mine. And that's okay too. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, not that that's a specific that I remember, but you know what I'm saying? Because I think a lot of times as new moms, and I try to tell my students in both my birth courses and in my communities that it really doesn't matter what anyone else says. This baby, your body built it, number one, Mm -hmm. or it was placed into your life because you're the parent, because I'm an adoptive parent as well. So, and I truly believe my daughter was born in another country, but she's my kid. And so no matter how your child came to you, you have to learn to trust your instincts. And if you make a mistake, it's okay. It's no one else's place to decide or judge you or to impose on you what they have made decisions for their family for. And it really, really gets me worked up when other people try to enforce their own boundaries on your parenting, not that they're trying to put boundaries, you know what I'm saying, trying to make you put up the same boundaries they have or lack thereof or what have you. So I think it's really important that our mamas need to know this is their baby. And whether they do it perfectly or not really doesn't matter. Trust me, the kids will let you know. (laughs) No problem on that one. But they need to be able to trust their instincts from pregnancy on. And, and I think that's why it's so important that what you're teaching about boundaries is so critical. And just like we were talking about with birth, like birth boundaries are equally as important. And if you're, mm-hmm. if you, you're in this body, you've been in this body. So if you're in labor and you realize this is not working for me, this is causing more pain, I'm going to move my body. No one else should tell you otherwise. <laughs> like it's just, yeah. It's nonsensical. I know. I think a lot of times, like, as women were taught, or even as girls were taught, like, like, you do what you're told, you, you know, you obey. And then as you get older, you're like, okay, I, you know, I have to say yes, or I have to be the people pleaser. And it gets to a point where you're like, you kind of go through this realization. And I think it, like, with me, it probably just happened, like, in my, like, late 20s or something but like where you're like no I I do have certain rights I can say you know no I don't have to you know people please because you know I feel like I'm owed it to them and I think too it's important for these moms to know too that they can always change their mind you know so if at one point you were letting someone show up at your house you know unannounced you can change that tomorrow so you have, yeah, you have the right, you have the ability to be able to change your mind. You have the ability to set boundaries when you do whatever's going to make you feel safe. And it's also going to teach your children that they can have boundaries. Because I think, you know, a lot of times, like, you know, if this is like a very, I don't know if it's a controversial topic, but, you know, you see a lot of times posting about like, oh, I don't let anyone hug or kiss my kids. They can say, no, you know, I'm going to do a fist pump instead, which I think is amazing because, you know, you don't always see when we grew up, I don't think that was a thing. And so I think by you instilling boundaries now, your kids are going to see like, oh, I can have boundaries for myself. If I don't want that person to give me a hug, I don't have to let them, you know? Oh, I think that's so important. I re- Like you said, when I was a child, 
we, and, and I, I have a history of abuse as a child, but my mom would force me to hug my grandfather's and it made me very uncomfortable. And I am not about that. Even I, I'm a grandma now. I have my four-year-old grandson and he is a little stinker. And if he doesn't feel like hugging me, I'm like, it's okay. No problem. You know, even though I really want that hug, right. I would never force him because like you said, I want him to grow up. I want my children to grow up knowing that they have a right to say no when it comes to their body mm-hmm. and their personal space. Like, I think that's so important and shouldn't be violated. And it, like, this is, I, I can get so worked up in this whole topic, especially when it comes to birth. I, I do weekly coaching calls with my birth students, which is something that really sets me apart from other birth courses. Mm-hmm. And it, it's very time consuming, but I'll tell you what, like, I love these girls in a way that I can't even verbalize. Like, I love them. We have become so close. Some of them have been with me from trying to conceive to now months postpartum. And we meet every week. And we were talking yesterday about one of them said, well, what if I'm, I forget how she worded it. I'm probably going to botch this, but I think she said something to the effect, like, what if they won't let me, what if they make me push on my back? What if they won't let me roll over? I said, girl, this is your body. Don't ask, Mm -hmm. don't ask them, just roll over. No one can manhandle you. If they put their hands on you and force you back, that's a whole nother issue right there. So I think just the, like you said, we've been taught to believe that we have to people please. And that comes all the way down to our providers. One of the biggest things I hear when I teach my girls about communicating with their providers is I feel bad. What if I offend them? What if I make them feel like I don't trust them? No, you hired them. They are your employee. There is, they have no job if there's no you. And I ask this in all of my classes, like what is the only thing that's needed for a birth? And they're like a provider, a a partner, a coach or this. No, it's you. (laughs) There is no birth without you. And I think it's so important that we learn that we have the right to say no when it comes to our bodies and an extension when it comes to our child because they are an extension of us mm-hmm. until they're able to make those decisions. Calm Labor Confident Birth is the birth course you need to feel 100% confident going into labor and delivery. It's full of cutting edge techniques and everything you need to know to have the smoothest delivery possible. It's literally jam-packed full with everything I've learned over 15 plus years in the labor and delivery room and practice myself during the six times I've given birth. By the time you watch the modules in the class and connect with my team, including my team doula and hundreds of other mamas in our private student community, you'll feel ready for anything this delivery throws at you. You'll be prepared to handle every single scenario that comes your way. So you'll have the confidence to make the choices that you want in the delivery room. You'll be prepared in case things don't go as planned. Spoiler alert, they usually don't. And you'll know how to communicate your wishes and stand up for yourself and your baby with the hospital staff. You know that classic problem How do you figure out what you don't know? 
This class is the ultimate solution to that conundrum. Plus, inside, you'll also learn pain management techniques, different ways to push during labor so you can shorten your pushing time, understand what interventions may be offered to you and why you would want to refuse them or embrace them, how to prepare your mind, your body, your home for the arrival of your little bundle of joy and your rights as a patient and how to exercise them. Whether you're looking to have an unmedicated birth or a medicated birth, I'm here to help you create the confidence you need to be the queen of the labor room. The other thing I wanted to ask you, because when I was kind of reading through some of the things that you wrote to me and my questions, is that you mentioned being an empath. And I am also an empath. And I wanted you to talk to those moms out there that are empaths, that are really aren't just using it as a, a term, but are truly em empaths and how that affects you when it comes to setting boundaries. Oh, wow. Yeah. That is something like this. I'd be lying if I said I've completely figured it out, but this year, I think I really came to terms with like fully embracing and accepting my empath side because for years I was like, I'd go through different phases of either being like, okay, I'm really different or weird, or isn't everybody like this? And so I went kind of back and forth. And then I think for those, so for this year, I kind of was able to fully embrace it and be like, you know what? It's almost like a sixth sense. I can kind of sense things a little bit. But it's also with trusting your gut. And I think we need to know, because I think our empath side, we want to feel for everyone and feel for everything. But we have to teach ourselves to feel for ourselves first. And so what I teach in a lot of my like motivational speaking is when you start to feel something negative or you think about something negative, to immediately switch that. So if, you know, you're instantly like, I need to, you're like, I'm feeling bad for, you know, this person, I'm, I'm a terrible person or whatever, you need to flip it and immediately think like positive about yourself. I think a lot of times with paths, we feel, we feel very deeply. We feel, it's almost like, like I was saying, kind of like a sixth sense. And so one thing that my therapist actually said was when you feel something come on really strongly, like you're like, okay, I'm feeling all the emotions. I'm going to cry today. It's going to happen. She's like, don't fight it. Let yourself feel those emotions hundred percent. And then like, let yourself have that moment, but then kind of organize those feelings and be like, okay, well, what am I feeling about this? Check in with yourself. That's the biggest thing is asking yourself, how do I feel about this? And having a boundary, bringing up boundaries again, having a boundary with emotions. So you can feel something for someone else, but also being like, okay, I need to understand how I feel right now, especially if it's coming to your birth or how you take care of your baby or someone being involved, really being in tune with yourself, asking yourself, how do I feel about this? Um, you can see I get very like with, being an empath, it's there's 
so many emotions involved in it. And it's, and it's hard to always know what you're feeling versus are you feeling that for someone else? So it's definitely a struggle, but I think tuning everything else out and really getting in tune with yourself is going to be the best way to kind of learn what you're feeling about everything, if that made sense. Yes. No, it it totally makes sense because I'm 100% an empath and it took me up until the last three years to figure out a couple things. One, to realize why I could be feeling really, really good and super happy and then all of a sudden crash and feel super sad and angry because those weren't mine. I was happy and I was satisfied. Mm -hmm. I was feeling someone else's. It's been very hard. It's a daily struggle for me to figure out how to not let someone else's feelings of situations become my feelings and to figure out where theirs and mine begin and end. Mm -hmm. It's very hard. I feel like a lot of people say they're empaths, but they don't understand it. And so I was kind of listening to you and I've bought in the last year, I've bought a lot of books. And as soon as I start reading, I'm like, oh no, they're not an empath. This is not how it is. Mm -hmm. And I think that when it comes to being an empath and making certain decisions, especially when it comes to pregnancy or motherhood, Sometimes, I mean, for me, I have to go sit in my car sometimes because I'll feel what Steve's feeling. I'll feel what my teenager's feeling. I'll feel what, you know, you know what I mean? And like, I have found that being in a car is usually the best block for me. I call it like my little lead capsule, you know, because I really can't tell. Now I can tell if I'm in a room full of strangers, but my family, it's harder. But I think feeling disappointment or well-hidden or not so well-hidden anger or frustration from your provider could be very difficult for an empath who is trying to assert her rights during her birth or her, or her motherhood journey, like making decisions about vaccinations or circumcision or what have you. You know, I've had so many things that people have told me the ways that uh, providers have taught them and or treated them. And I think that for our empath mamas, you're right. They're going to have to figure out like, what do I feel about this? And am I making this decision because I can, or because it's something that I've researched and I know is the right decision for my child? Because if if you're just, I, I tell my girls all the time, there's no hard no's or yeses in birth. There's no refusing because I can refuse. Yes, you can refuse everything. Mm -hmm. But if your baby's heart rate's down in the 60s and you're like, never, I'm, you're not doing a vacuum, it's not going to happen, but a vacuum could save your life, hell yeah, you're going to say yes. Mm -hmm. So I think it's understanding this is why childbirth education, motherhood education, communities, all of these things are so important is if you do your due diligence and you know that you're not just winging the decision, then I think you can separate the emotions from the decision and just stay the course, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, because a lot of times, at least I've struggled with this, empaths, we tend to respond with how we're feeling in that moment if we have not prepared ourselves. And so by preparing ourselves and by educating ourselves, we're going to allow for a better response and a better mm -hmm. division of yeah emotions kind of, because I know yeah. there's, you know, when something happens like spontaneously and I'm like, 
overwhelmed with all these emotions and I'll kind of, it's like, those are those moments I leave the conversation and I'm like, wait, is that what I really stand for? Or wait, why did I say that? Mm-hmm. You know, because you're, it's kind of that empath people pleaser kind of, they're kind of battling each other almost. Yeah. So preparing, I think yourself is key. Right. And, and the, the thing that all moms, whether you're an empath or not, when you are worried about how other people feel or perceive you in the decisions that you're making in your birth, you're going to be coerced and bullied into their decisions and not your own. And I think that's really important to know that if you're educated and you're empowered and you're prepared and you have a plan, I, I tell my girls all the time, a birth plan is not a birth plan. It's a birth map. And you're going on an exotic vacation. Mm-hmm. At the end is this resort. And if you had spent all this time and money and preparation to get to that resort, if you're driving along and there's pothole, you're not going to worry about taking a little, a different path. You're going to want to get to the resort still. You're not going to be like, oh, well, shoot, forget this. I'm going home. I'm done. Mm-hmm. You know? So just understanding that birth is unpredictable. It's going to take paths, but you know, turns. But if you are as prepared as you can be, it's not going to throw you for an emotional loop. And when your provider comes in, and this happens all the time, and I, I, I don't want people to think that I'm just against all providers because I'm not. Some of my nearest and dearest friends, some of the providers I've worked with are the most incredible people I've ever known. And their hearts are so 100% all about their patients. But there are providers who, like all of us, in our own career, our own job, we have ways we like to do it. We have times we want to do it. We want to get home to our family at the end of the day, what have you. And those things factor into some decisions. And so if your provider comes in and starts throwing around things like, well, your baby could, or this could, or that could, and it's doom and gloom, if you're not educated and prepared, you're going to be like, oh, I don't want my baby to die. I don't want that to happen. Instead of being like, well, you're saying that could happen, but what's the harm in this? Or what are the alternatives? Or, you know, like, oh, it's so frustrating. So I think it's really important for all of us, no matter whether you're an empath or not, to be educated and empowered, have women in your life, people in your life that you trust, choose a provider wisely. That's the most powerful decision you can make in your pregnancy journey. And trust your gut. Yes. To make the right decisions. Yeah, that's huge. I think with empaths, I mean, people in general, but I think it's, we know deep down, I mean, I say this to the moms all the time in the group is, you know, deep down what you want to do or what makes sense for you, but you're, there's, you're consumed with so many voices around you telling you this is the way it should be. So stick to your gut and stick to what's true to your values and what makes sense for you for sure. I mean, I think it's so hard, but. Well, and the fact of the matter is no matter what you decide for your pregnancy, your baby, someone's going to tell you you're making the wrong decision because I see this all the time. If a mom wants to go unmedicated, well, why the heck would you want to do that? Why would you want to feel that pain? If a mom wants an epidural, well, you know that it can cause this and that. And if a mom wants to be induced, well, this, this, and that, you know, so it's like, Stop. Yeah. Let like respect our decisions as women and moms. And it's like in in most other areas, people respect 
decisions in certain ways. But when it comes to pregnancy and birth and motherhood, there is so much guilt and shame that is pressed onto us that is ridiculous and frustrating. Mm -hmm. And I say this all the time on Instagram, and I say this inside my private communities, we have to change the birth culture. We have to. I don't want my daughters to go through what we've gone through. I want them to go in empowered and know that they're the captain of the ship. They're the birth queen, mm-hmm. period. Yep. And they hired their provider. You know, I don't want them to go in feeling like they have to do everything they're told, regardless of whether or not it's what they want. Oh, yeah. I always say a stranger on the internet that's telling you to do things this way because they did, they don't know your whole story. They don't know who you are. And so for that, that's like them to give you like a puzzle piece to a puzzle they don't even know it belongs in, you know? So you can only take so much advice from, take everything with grain of salt, you know, just whether you're in a group or whatever you're in, or you're looking on Instagram. Yeah. Take things. You have to kind of come from your own base first, yeah. then go into it and say like, that girl is a great point, but doesn't really align, but more power to her, you know, that kind of thing. Let's empower Mm -hmm. each other in our different choices and know like what works best for us and what makes sense for us. It doesn't make you a bad mom. doesn't make them a bad mom. We're just different and that's okay. Yeah. And it's okay. Mm -hmm. It's 100% okay. Mm -hmm. And I, I think that it is very frustrating when people are very hardlined about specific things and make, like you said, they don't know the rest of the puzzle. Mm-hmm. And to make someone feel or question themselves when the story is not told. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. I, I had one of my students come on and we did her birth story. And she said something that was, I felt like, probably the most like satisfied in my business that I felt ever. She said, you lay it out like a smorgasbord. You tell us all the choices and then we can pick what we want. You never make us feel like, oh, like I, I went unmedicated. I prefer not to be induced. I have been induced. I prefer not to, but what I don't like and what I will stand 100% against is decisions being made for someone and them not making it themselves. So if they want to make a decision to be induced because they're sick and tired of being pregnant, that's their choice. If they make the decision that they want to get epidural, that's their choice. You know, like, mm. oh, it's so frustrating. I, it just gets so frustrating. I can go off on that forever. I wanted to ask you, like, my business grew through COVID as well. I launched my very first birth course. April of 2020. And so my entire community has really been built through COVID. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on ways that COVID affects these moms when they're trying to set boundaries for themselves and for their babies and their right to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely seen a lot of um, moms talking about COVID and how to set boundaries with like family members, for example, because everyone has different, I mean, even before COVID, everyone had different beliefs when it came to, you know, obviously like vaccines or sickness in general, or like, are you going to let family nearby before your 
your baby has their shots. You know, you know, everyone has different. Or who gets to be in your labor room? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. so, like, I've heard from some some parents that like they they saw like a good side where they gave birth during COVID, and they were like, if we didn't give birth, then we would have had everyone in the room. And we're like, we actually really enjoyed that it was just me and my partner because mm-hmm. we had that alone time together just to bond with the baby. And so they didn't have to actually set that boundary. But now I know things are getting a little bit harder because, well, things are opening up. So I'm sure you're going to have a lot of family rushing in. So kind of what we've been talking about is you have to stick to what makes sense for you. So even if everyone's like, cool, the baby's going to be born this day. So we're all coming over the next day. If that doesn't work for you, you have to communicate that that's not going to be what happens. You have to be very clear on that and make sure that you and your partner are on the same page because I hear a lot of times in our group too, you know, the moms really, really wants to set these boundaries, but you know, her husband or her partner doesn't want to cause a riff. So making sure you two sit down together and say, what is like our top priority right now? What's What boundaries do we want to set together? Because there's some families that are still going to be really strict. They're not going to want anyone over, especially with a newborn. And there's going to be others going to be, be a little more laid back. So I think just really sticking to what makes sense for you guys. And again, not letting people come in and run the show for you. No. Yeah. I totally agree with you. And I, I tell my girls too, that when you make the decisions about who can be in your birth or who can come over and all those things, when you convey it to the people in your lives, if someone acts really rude and nasty about it, then check it off your box because you made the right decision. Mm-hmm. right? They weren't going to come over and support you or serve you or help you. Yeah. It was about them. And so you've made a fantastic decision. So if that's the response, then kudos to you, you've done well. And I think that's really important for moms to also realize that five years from now, they're not going to remember if they hurt Aunt Sally's feelings because she couldn't come in their birth. But if Aunt Sally comes to their birth and she really didn't need to be there, they're going to remember every minute of it. And so I think it's really important. It's like picking people in your wedding. You don't pick because you're going to hurt someone's feelings. You pick about the people who you want there to come alongside you, celebrate you, and support you. Mm -hmm. And I think that you're right. It's been good in one hand with COVID. Now, I I did have a lot of students who delivered alone in the very beginning because no one was allowed in there. And that was stupid. Yeah. Um, That's a different, but I think, and not being able to have a a doula is also a different story, but Mm -hmm. a lot of them have really enjoyed having limited visitors, you know? So I think it's good. And, and for those moms who are listening, it's your choice. It's your right. And it's not going to hurt Aunt Sally to not see the baby till the baby's four days old. The baby is not going to change that much. Mm -hmm. But that initial time with just you, your partner and your baby can be the most beautiful. It's your new family and you're learning one another. So however you want it to go, that's how it should go. Mm -hmm. Not what worked for everyone else, what works for you. Yeah. I think that's a lot of wisdom in that. Definitely. Okay. So I have a question that I'm asking all my guests 
And I kind of uh, prepped you a little, but if I were to ask you what your superpower is, what would it be? Oh, wow. My superpower. Mm, This is a good one. I think I might word this weird, but I think I like weird around here. So that's okay. (laughs) All right. I'm in the right place. I think lifting other women up. I think even like with like girlfriends of mine, like I've always just been that person that they can call if they need something and helping them maybe feel better about a decision or empowering them in that. That's where I feel like I like finding my voice is helping other women find their voice. I've just always been very passionate about helping other women. And there's no better feeling than like bonding with other women and knowing that like you helped each other. And I just, I love that. So I know that's kind of long-winded, but I think that's my superpower. No, I love that. And I think it's an amazing power and it's what we need. So I am going to throw you on this one. (laughs) What would your fiance say your superpower is? Ooh, it's funny because we just had an interview with our reverend. I mean, probably like a month back and she asked us, you know, different like questions about each other. So I kind of think I know what he would say, but he talks about like, similarly, he said, like, I am always willing to, you know, help people out that I think he would say like that I truly do care about people and I do want to make an impact. So he said something along those lines, but that just the way like I I treat people, I always want people to feel heard. Like I, I, that's that, that empath thing, you know, I, because I have felt certain ways before in my life, I never want someone to feel bad or feel unheard. And so I think that's what he would say is just, giving people space to speak. Oh, I love that. I love it so much. Okay, so tell us again where my guests can find you. I know you are on Mommy Knows Best, um, but you also have a personal Instagram and you also are the the host for your podcast. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, you can see me on Mommy Knows Best Instagram and I'm on their the page. Our show is called Mom Talks with Krista. It's wherever you can get podcasts. On, we're on YouTube as well. And then my personal page is Hey Soul Krista. And I do a lot of motivational. I talk about boundaries, being an empath, introvert, all that good stuff. So yeah, those are probably the main places I'm at. Awesome. Well, I had so much fun talking with you today. I love that the conversation took its own little life. And I love just hearing your advice for women to set boundaries because it's so important. And like you said, we, we have to learn to do it so that we can teach our children and we can teach other women how to set boundaries. And just so my mamas who are listening, remember that as you set your own boundaries, remember to honor and respect the boundaries that other moms set so that we can support one another and come alongside one another and journey this journey because it can be very lonely if you don't have community. So thank you so much, Krista, for being on today. Yes, this was awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, Mama, I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Birth Experience with Labor Nurse Mama. I loved 
talking with Krista today. We talked about setting boundaries. We talked about saying no. We talked about trusting your gut. And we talked about what it means to be an empath and how you can learn to separate other people's emotions from your own. So much goodness in one episode. If you loved it as much as we did, comment, tell us what you loved the most about this episode. And if you need more information, head over to labornursemama.com forward slash mom talks with Krista. And if you want any other information for anything we talked about. If you need help, if you need support, shoot me an email at info at labornursemama.com. We'll be happy to chat away with you. Make sure you hit subscribe and come and hang out with us. We're going to release a new episode every Friday. Have an amazing week.